Daily news, breaking updates, and exclusive podcasts. iTricks.com. Hello and welcome again to the uh, Itrix Magic Week in Review podcast coming to you for the third week in a row. And I just, you know, I'm impressed by that if if no one else is, given my erratic schedule here lately. Uh, I'm your host, Michael Lauk. Once again, I've chased Justin Robert Young away and instead brought in really a pioneer, to my mind, of uh, the world of internet magic and a uh, an author as well, and we're going to talk about that. And that would be Steve Bryant. Steve, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for calling. Oh, thanks for being on. Uh, everybody around here really is excited because at Itrix, um, we we kind of figure we owe our existence to uh, people like you. I mean, you have I won't say it's the first magic website. But you're definitely the first magic website that I remember way back when when I could get on the internet at at, at the University of Missouri, you know, there because wouldn't have it in your home even uh, very commonly, and and that was when you had and still have your your little Egypt uh, website. What what possessed you to throw magic on on the internet? What uh, are are you? I mean, are you a, a, a web engineer? Are you a computer guy? Or are you just crazy, a visionary? Um, it, I, mean, I wasn't at the time that much of a computer guy, although lately, uh, later I realized I could uh, get paid at work for doing what I was doing at home for fun. But uh, I, it was just a concept that I could log into another computer somewhere else in the world. In my case, it was Canada. And, and type up some stuff and throw up some, some graphics and that anybody in the world could access it. That was just such a cool thing to me. So I started with the idea of doing it, an online magazine. There, there was no such thing as a blog at the time. And the first couple of issues were just a few pages, but it quickly blossomed to about 40 pages of content a month. Um, with regular features, it would have news, it would have reviews, it would have new magic tricks, it would have even a little bit of fiction about my uh, imaginary staff that I had here. And that ran for uh, almost three years, uh, 27 months anyway. And uh, after that, I realized that it was insane that I was trying to do that every month. Uh, 40 pages of content was way too much, so I cut it back to a few pages. And it changed from the little, little from the Little Egypt Gazette to Little Egypt Magic, and turned into what is nowadays called a blog. It um, an electronic magazine. I mean, you, you say you know you, you were going to start a, a, a magazine, and we didn't. You say there wasn't a blog. There weren't e-zines. There, none of these phrases that we have now. Um, and in a way, I mean, when it was big. It was it was very much like a real magazine uh, to me, but uh, even when you went back to the blog thing, it it always kind of had a throwback feel to me to like um, the Phoenix and, and and you know and and those kind of mimeographed uh, magic periodicals uh, for for back in the from back in the day. Did, did you ever kind of consider yourself 
akin to you know Walter Gibson and and Ted Anneman and and all those sort or uh or, or did they inspire you to do that or was it just a lucky coincidence you now find yourself among those No, guys? I was I was heavily influenced by those guys and what I always liked about any of the uh magazines like that and the Carl Fulvis ones too of course uh was the back of the room uh, section where the the editor would just talk to you, and that's why one of my favorite parts of mine was uh, I, I created a fictional world where I had uh, a beautiful girl assistant, a nerdy guy assistant, and so on. They were supposedly helping me out, and I, I came up with crazy uh, descriptions of the facility and so forth, and that was just fun for me. Yeah, but that, definitely, but definitely the the Phoenix and, and Jinx and uh, Carl Fulvis's Paul Bearer's review and epilogue—they all heavily influenced me. And I mean, did did you when you first started out? Did you did you see that someday there were going to be websites like iTricks? That there were going to be um, you know things like Vanish Magazine. Uh, that did did you did you see the potential or or was it as much or was it just a fun hobby a little bit of vanity you know whatever drove you month to month it was just a fun hobby I, I never had the idea of making money from it and I still don't make money from it uh, so that's cool that people figure out ways to do that. Um, No, I didn't see. I totally didn't see the potential. Uh, had no idea it would turn it, that the whole internet would turn into what it's turned into, and what a fantastic resource it is. Did do you remember the first time anybody you ever ran into anybody who knew what you were doing that you hadn't already known? You know, your first kind of fan or reader, as it were. It was shocking. It started happening at conventions. Uh, people would would come up to me and 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 say they read it and so forth, and it also even before that, I would get email from. In the early days, it was mostly college kids uh, because people really didn't have Wi-Fi at home yet. Uh, Wi-Fi, the term wasn't hadn't even come out. You were still logging into a little twenty four hundred baud modem, um, so it was very hard to to access things. And so I was always getting emails from college kids who said they were standing in line. I, I always published on the 15th of the month in those days because I knew I had these readers. And they would be standing in line at the computer center waiting for a turn on the computer so that they could get onto the web and access the magazine. So in those days, it was really important for me to try to hit that 15th because I knew these guys were standing in line waiting to read it. Hey, I I might have been one of those those emails. I mean, I, I, that's how I read it. Um, you and a um, a Chinese martial arts um, they they refer to themselves as a newspaper that was out of like Toledo or maybe Columbus, um, which you know uh, uh, the great capital of Chinese martial arts that <laughs> that Ohio is. But those those were the 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 two. Uh, kind of first web pages, web anything that really I remember, you know, attracting my attention because those are two of my huge interests, you know, magic and, and striking people. So um, 
I, you know, I, I, I definitely remember going, Oh, it's the 15th. You know, I got to make sure I, I make it by the computer center today. Um, and yeah. I was just going to knock off class and go drinking, but now I, <laughs> now I have something <laughs> constructive to do. Yeah. I think I was pretty early there. There was prior to mine, there was a magic magazine from Canada. I forget the, the name of it. Now I had the word web in it, uh, that, that they charged $5 a year, uh, to, to access. And that was really the first magic magazine online that I knew of. Mine, I guess, was the first magic magazine in the U.S. that was online. Uh, and at the same time as mine, uh, Dodd Vickers had a, a website already going, uh, but his wasn't exactly called a magazine. It's, it's, so my first good two years, it was definitely a magazine format. Right, yeah. And, and I, you know, now that you say that, I do kind of vaguely remember that Canadian thing myself and remember. I'm not sending you five dollars, you know, <laughs> for something for something over this, you know, the internet. Why would anybody send money for anything over the internet? That's crazy, <laughs> you know. And uh, and now again, I guess I missed the, uh, the 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 visionary aspect of that. So. Yeah, it was. It had some cool material in it, though. So I, yeah. I oh, give it, credit. It 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 is. Uh, it is great. I think everybody should check it out and still check it out. Uh, this is probably a great time to go ahead and throw out your nice modern uh, web web page name there. Oh, my current one? Yeah. Uh, my current one is just simply Little Egypt Magic. Uh, so you can easily find it uh, at littleegyptmagic.com or um, Google Little Egypt Magic, whatever. You'll, you'll find it real quickly. Yes, you 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 will come up because you're uh, you're well established. Which is yeah, I, I, I'm constantly trying to look up stuff and find my own material. <laughs> I'm trying to find something out, and uh, oh, I wrote it. Are you doing that, or are you just looking yourself up? You can be honest. No, I never look myself up. Not on purpose. Well, you you you, you might have. Really? Never? Hold on. <laughs> that that just throws me. Never. I don't, I, and I'm always surprised that, that people do. Uh... I do. I, I'll admit I do. And I've spent many years as a freelance writer, do a lot of technical writing, copywriting, things like that. And one of the things I have found and why I look up my own name is there is a journalist in Hawaii with my name and a incredibly – present on the web dentist somewhere out your direction mm. with my name and every now and then i will get contacted uh you know about like some op-ed piece i think the journalist is retired now and he writes op-eds and i'll get contacted and about something that that i have said about you know big island politics and i'm just like i don't know and that's why i started just like i don't know what you're the only the only about. time i did it was when i was trying to establish a, a, a web name for myself. So I looked up to see if there was a stevebryant.com, and there was. He was a realtor in Utah, and he advertised that he was known for his amusing antidotes. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote him. I said, now you have another one. <laughs> so you have done it. See, we've all. We've all so one done time, it. yes, I did search my name. We've, you, you have to. Well, and you're, you know, you might have to soon too because you have a new uh, book out. And I actually have a question about Lucas McKenzie and the London 
spook show? I had it written Mid- down. Midnight ghost show. Midnight ghost show. I, I have the window open and my paper blew away. <laughs> but um, uh, I, I am not a big reader of children's books or young adult books. However, I'm married to a, a uh, elementary school teacher. And I have two daughters of my own. So one thing I've noticed about your book is that sometimes people are saying it's 12 and up, and some are age- putting it as 10 to 12. Where, where do you put the book? I, 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 hate, I hate it that they want to pigeonhole you into one of those age groups. Because cause... teachers want to know. <laughs> Yeah, and that's what it, it is. We we I, have to cut out tape that are certain colors to put on the back of the books that go in my wife's classroom, so the kids know which levels they. Have. It's it's a ritual. Yeah, they, they got to know. You know, I I thought that the Harry Potter series had ended all that, but it hasn't. It's it's as prevalent as ever that you have to pigeonhole it. Um, basically. Uh, they largely do it based on the age of the protagonist. And in my case, that that's kind of tricky. Uh, this isn't all that much of a spoiler alert, but Lucas is a ghost. He's dead, and he died at, at, at age 10. But he's been 10 for a while now, and so he's, he's grown up uh, even if his appearance hasn't. So he has older feelings. Uh, than a 10-year-old would have, but it should still be interesting to 10-year-olds. My my first test readers were two eight-year-old girls. They liked it, um, and I hope that adults will like it because there's plenty of uh, stuff in there that, that will appeal to them. Okay, um, and we're going to leave that as just a, a little bit of a tease because we're, we're up to the halfway point here. We're going to take a quick Great. break, and we're going to come back we're gonna we're gonna leave the geeky world of internet magic as beloved as it is to me for various reasons <laughs> behind and we're we're gonna talk ab- about your book and how you uh, became a children's author or a young adult hey, author, however you like to to think of it. Sure, fantastic. All right, we'll be back. Itrix.com. Hello, this is Michael again with my little friend Paco. Paco, can you speak? Speak, boy. Come on, speak. Speak. Okay. The one time I want the Chihuahua to bark, he's not actually going to bark. But uh, I'm going to assure you that Paco wishes to join me in urging everyone out there to support your local no-kill animal shelter. Paco has been a part of our family for eight or nine years now. And um, despite the eight or nine years of otherwise constant barking, he's, uh, he's, he's been a real important part of the family. And we love the little guy. And there's lots of little guys out there that need your love who haven't done anything wrong except for being born to irresponsible pet owners. So no matter where you live, I guarantee there is a no-kill animal shelter in your area and that they need your help. So if you have time, if you have money, if you have inclination, if you're looking for a great charity, support your local no-kill animal shelter. Thanks. And Paco thanks you too. Okay, we are back with magician and author Steve Bryant talking about his new book that uh, we're not going to pigeonhole with an age. We'll just say that uh, people of all ages can enjoy uh, Lucas McKenzie and the London Midnight, Midnight Ghost, Ghost Show. Show. Okay, yeah, I, I, during the break I should have went and gotten my paper, but I didn't. 
Um, yeah. To, to, to get back to your that original question, uh, my publisher would like it said that it's both middle grade and upper middle grade. Those, those are the two categories she puts it in. Okay. And, and your publisher is? Might as well give them a plug. My publisher is Month Nine Books, which is part of the Georgia McBride Media Group. Uh, Georgia runs the whole thing, and she has three imprints. Uh, Month Nine Books uh, basically puts out spooky fiction for teens. Their motto is speculative fiction for teens and tweens and anything in between. Uh, she also has Swoon Romance, which is more young adult and adult uh, romance fiction. And her brand new one is Tantrum Books for young readers, age seven and up. So she she's a pretty well well spread out lady. Now, um, obviously, you've been writing for a long time. Yes. Uh, is is this your first book for younger readers? It's yes. It's both the first for younger readers, readers and the first to get published. Um, I wrote some books back in the 80s that were more uh, contemporary uh, romance love stories. Uh, and this book is also a love story, by the way. Uh, but it's the first for kids. And uh, I, I've always liked uh, children's fiction. My my own kids read at a very early age. And by the time they were four, they had read all the Roald Dahl books, for example. And so I've you know, fell in love with some of the fiction from from that era. Uh, obviously, everybody's gotten into Harry Potter lately, and I'm, I'm a huge fan of the new noir series that uh, Daniel Handler or, or Lemony Snicket write. Uh, so I, I, I enjoy kids' fiction, and uh, it is fun to write it. It's especially fun to deal with kids. Do do uh, now your your kids are obviously much older than this now. You're they right. are, but I have grandkids coming I was, along. I was saying, are you are you are you in the grandkids reading, you can read yet? Okay. Yeah, I do, and so uh, I definitely have them in mind now. So, um, are you going to go on tour with this? Are you going to go to some places? Are you going to are, are are we going to be able to spot you at libraries around the Midwest? Maybe um, I certainly hope so. Um, I, I haven't talked with Georgia in a while, but there was some sort of a book book situation in Chicago in January and Magic Inc. might want to do a tie-in with me uh, at that time. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. Now, are are uh, are you going to firmly establish yourself, do you think, as a, a, a writer for the tween set? Or can we look for maybe some, some uh, more adult... I, I hate saying that. Uh, some grown-up books because you don't want to say can we look for adult fiction from you (laughs) (laughs) um it's interesting i i would not be put off for on this book or the next book for as adult fiction uh although we're calling it middle grade uh i i wrote it with the harry potter concept in mind that that a, a good book could appeal to anybody. Um, the book I used as my own model was uh, Ray Bradbury's From the Dust Returned, which is a very spooky book. It's kind of a book-length uh, novelization of his short story, The Homecoming. And that's really uh, would be considered adult fantasy. Uh, so it's 
it certainly has similarities to that book, for example, even though uh, it's based on a younger protagonist. And is it is it your incredible luck that you are just kind of hitting right when this genre and this time or this uh, age group in general is kind of getting huge? With it know, is really getting huge. Yeah, uh, my agent uh, is really good. Uh, she does primarily kids books and a lot of really young books like kids picture books and. Uh, she's very well represented if you're in the Barnes and Noble Kids section. A lot of the books there uh, are books that she's she's managed to bring into being. Um, I I live in a Barnes and Noble Kids section basically. Like I said, my my wife's a second grade teacher, so uh, and and this is her third elementary grade she's taught in the last five years so every year we oh all my books are the wrong level we buy all new books and we bring all the other books home and i have boxes and boxes of everything from your harry potters and your divergence and your hunger games to alexander and the no good horrible whatever that is day exactly. <laughs> Every, everything in between so yeah uh we, I, we probably have have quite a few within reach of where i'm sitting right now yeah, if you're talking about a book I wish I had written, it's, it's Neil Gaiman's The Graveyard Book. That's just an awesome, spooky book. Is is is, is spooky your thing? It seems like it, it might be. It is. It, uh, likely for fiction, it is. Uh, but also love stories. All of my books uh, that I've ever written have been young love stories. So I so, like that aspect of it, too. So, so deep in your heart, you're a... A soppy, possibly somewhat twisted romantic. Yes, absolutely. Well, there, there you go. And that probably comes across a little bit in my webpage. <laughs> <laughs> I think my biggest secret is, is is I'm in love with all the girls in the L and L videos. <laughs> the the L and L video series. Okay, well, you know, right. we, we all we all have our secrets. And only real, only lately did I find out that uh, they had been hired. They were local dancers to come in and shoot to, to be the audiences for Bill Malone and all these guys that they videotaped. Yeah. So they weren't naturally accidental beautiful girls. They were hired beautiful girls. Well, you know, um, we had on uh, Dan Harlan last week, and he he has his big Tarble project going on. And uh, he he tells me that his audiences, man, those are those are real real, real audiences right, fighting right. to get in there. So when when he has when he has pretty girls, uh, that's that is evidently just Dan bringing them in. There you go. <laughs> Something we can all aspire to <laughs> in our in our magic yeah. video endeavors. Anyway, I, uh, like I say, uh, Georgia McBride is is the publisher, and one of the things she liked about my stuff was. They were young love stories from a boy's perspective. Usually, uh, love stories appeal basically to girls, and right. so she thought that was an interesting twist to, to have it from a boy's perspective. Now, you you say you don't have anything planned quite yet, but let's face it, you're you're going to do some author events. Um, when you do, are are you going to mix your worlds? Will there be? When you talk to your young readers, will there be magic? Um, are are you are you, are is Steve Bryant the writer going to be a new persona? This 
for this book, I definitely hope there will be some magic. Uh, it's about ghost shows. It's about midnight ghost shows. Right. And my the primary kind of magic I do that I covered in the Little Egypt Book of Ghosts is spooky magic. So I definitely have some material that I could do in the context of a book sign and, and would plan to do so. Now, um, we're coming right up on Halloween. This will probably hit the internet on Halloween. Um, I, I, not, not to the extent that you are, but I, I have always been fascinated with the old spook shows and ghost shows and, and, uh, especially the ones that ran in conjunction with, uh, like the guys who were four walling movie th- theaters out and showing, you know, the old torn up print of whatever <laughs> Bella Lugosi film and, and, and doing their shows because I, I ran movie theaters for years as well. So that it kind of, oh, awesome. so, um, do you have like the, the dream old spook show that you would have loved to have seen that you've read about with, you know, awe and, and somewhat disbelief when you go, well, I don't know that they really pulled that off, but, but I mean, like who are, who are your favorites in, in that genre? Uh, the one I, I've read about the most is Bill Neff, but uh, the one I knew, uh, actually, I wrote a Genie article about him, was, was Jack White, who I've known Jack for years and had no idea he had ever done spook shows and finally found out that he did. He, he had Dr. Blood's zombie show when he was uh, an older teenager and in his young 20s. And so we got a real nice article out of him for Genie about that. Uh, so he he really did the thing. It's just always sounded like so much fun to me to to do that and do the blackout and have ghosts over the audience, you know, floating over the audience's heads and so on. I I can't tell you how many times I have stood on I've run, I've run a lot of old movie theaters too and stood on like the the vaudeville stage that I probably shouldn't be standing on cuz it's going to give at any second behind a movie screen and just dreamt of, you know, if I if I only had you know, forty dollars worth of blood capsules, a half-dressed girl, and a dude in a gorilla suit. It would mm-hmm. be so on, so on right now. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it was just a great era, and that's partly how I wound up setting the story. The the midnight go show stuff in the United States, anyway, ran from about 1929 to about 1960. So my story is set in '59 and near the very end of the era. And that's that's part of the story. It's into the era, but I mean, a very classic time. There's so many cool things that that you probably got to reference back then. Um, that you know, you had you had great horror oh, movies for one. There, yeah, I, I lived through 1959. It was one of my favorite years of all time, and uh, there are many, many references to things going on. My my ghost show troupe interacts with a lot of the things that, that happened at that time. They're, they're secretly appearing in the movies. Uh, one of the conceits, for example, is that uh, I have six animated skeletons in the movie. I mean, excuse me, in the book. And they had actually appeared in the seventh voyage of Sinbad. Uh, it really wasn't a Ray Harryhausen special effects. It was my skeletons, <laughs> that sort of thing. Uh, so a lot of the stuff that that was happening, uh, th- that's the conceit of the book, is that it's my ghosts interacting with uh, pop culture of 59. 
Well, that, that's that's very cool. So even if you're out there sitting there going, you know, young adult kind of aim stuff, it's not my thing, it's whatever, because I'm a little too old for all that, maybe nostalgia is your thing, and you should you should pick this up and kind of see what, what you remember from those days of famous uh, – Famous monster. I'm losing it today. Um, But the famous monsters of Hollywood and and model sets and UFOs and rock and roll was really kicking off. What a great time. I'm jealous of you. I'm not that old. Every every bit of that is uh, is in the book. All right. (laughs) So, um, yeah, yeah, rock and roll. It's not out yet. When does it come out? Because we haven't mentioned it. Uh, been unfortunately, unfortunately, you get the scoop on this. Uh, there has been a hitch. Uh, it was supposed to come out November 18th, and that's what's advertised on my website. But about a day after I put up the website, I got the bad news that they wanted to, to delay it three months. They, a couple of things happened. They didn't feel they had enough uh, pre-advanced uh, reviews and so forth to, to help the book get traction, and they wanted to get this is the marketing team speaking, not Georgia herself. And so they wanted to delay it until February. Uh, the other thing that's happening is a, a lot of changes are taking place right now at, at, at the publisher because they just launched the Tantrum Books imprint, and they're coming up on October 31st is their two-year anniversary of Month 9 Books, and so they're doing a lot of special events for that. And so apparently I got lost a little bit in the shuffle. So I'm not happy about this. It really queers my Christmas shopping plans. <laughs> but uh, the, the new date's going to be sometime in February. And I'll be talking with them tomorrow about the exact dates. Well, make sure you, you keep iTrix informed, and we will keep everybody out there informed about when it's coming out and where it will be. I imagine it will be in, in bookstores everywhere. and uh, Maybe you'll even sell it through that newfangled Internet. Uh, you never know. <laughs> Yeah, it will be it will be book paperback and ebook. Oh well, there you go, the the, the ever popular ebook. Um, well, I tell you what, we are we are coming right up on uh, a half an hour, believe it or not. That we, we we've already whiled away talking about the 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 old days of the internet and modems. See, you made me nostalgic when you mentioned that for the the beeps and groans of knowing that I was going to be soon have the world of AOL online open up before me. I'm still thrilled when I log on and use VI or something like that to actually type something on another computer somewhere else in the world. It still staggers me that we can do that. Uh, Because you're breaking into people's bank accounts, right? Right. (laughs) This is so good. I can be a criminal from a thousand miles away. But uh, no, in in all seriousness, you know, you really are one of the reasons that magic found its footing that it did on on the Internet. I I really honestly believe that. Um, And and like I said, so fondly remember, you can remember 1959 and your rock and roll and your Elvis and all that crap i will i will remember fondly the early days of personal computer i mean because i'm i am old enough that i i remember well before the internet i remember you know i still have my first ti 99 4a downstairs in a box somewhere you know but 
but I, I definitely remember that 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 uh, feeling of even though I was in a you know a fairly large city. I'm here in St. Louis. I grew up here. Um, that I could get on there and connect with someone, you know, a couple states away who was into magic like you or like those guys over in Ohio who were also, you know, studying Chinese martial arts and very serious about it. And uh, just really remember feeling that, that, that kind of connection because it wasn't like I could just turn on, you know, a TV and I mean back then we I didn't even have a hundred cable channels you know now I've got a million and and all this and and so much on the internet but it's because of guys like you that were that were uh, crazy enough to go you know what for no apparent reason and no reward whatsoever I'm gonna put out forty pages a month and hope yeah. someone reads it <laughs> what a crazy idea but it's an awesome uh, yeah idea. my my earliest. The access was, I think it was called bulletin boards in those days. Oh, yeah, bulletin boards. Bulletin board with, like, Pete Byro and Max Maven and Charlie Randall and some of those guys. So that's the first, you know, I ever communicated with these people. And uh, it was really fun. You had to download all the messages. You, you yep. just get on your telephone for a while, and you download it, and then you read it and write something, and then you upload it back and, uh, one little piece at a time. I, I remember, you know, like a friend just begging his parents to switch over their phones because <laughs> the rotary phone, he could not connect properly to bulletproof uh, services, you know. And, and I it's funny. I even mentioned that around my kids not too long ago. And they're like, what is a rotary? F- what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, oh. When, when I was a kid, darn it. When I was my dad's remote control for the television and <laughs> the phone was firmly attached to the wall. But yeah, but yeah, you, you, you are one of my fond memories and you always will be. And one of the things that, you know, uh, like in very early days of, of just being able to sit down and, and connect with a magic community in, in a way that honestly magazines still can't do today, you know, because when you picked up a genie or or a, an abra, you know, from from across the pond or whatever, um, you knew these guys at some level they're they're making money from it. There to live, and there's nothing wrong with that. Believe me, there's nothing wrong oh, with no. that. You know, but but uh, knowing that here's a guy who, like I said, is doing this for no conceivable reason other than he just really, 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 really likes magic and computers. And that was that's awesome. Yep. So so uh, so thank you for that. And I hope uh, I hope now a whole new generation are going to start feeling a new connection with you through your books. I hope so too. I apologize that there will be a slight delay, but I, I promise it will be worth the wait. And especially if you like uh, old, old ghost shows, like like you say you do, and it's really going to appeal to a certain bunch of magicians as well as the middle grade and upper middle grade kids. I have, like I said, I'm I'm just pretty strong feeling it's going to be showing up in my house. One. When... <laughs> Yeah, I'm 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 betting on it right now. So um, definitely keep in touch with us. Let us know when you get the new date. Let us know, you know, um, it, let us know if there's a way to get it directly from you, for sure. I shall. And, yeah, I, I need to work that out uh, to make know. sure some people can. 
and uh, and we will we will pass it all along. Thank you so much for for everything you've done for Magic, and thank you so much for sitting down with us today. Um, will you do me a favor and throw out your website one more time? LittleEgyptMagic.com. That's right. There you go. Thanks, everybody, for spending another half an hour or so with us talking about the world of magic. Until next week, if I do indeed make it four weeks in a row, um, get all the news going on in the world of magic, all over the world of magic, at itrix.com. <laughs>